A quick disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed on the Doored Up podcast are strictly those of the hosts and guests of the show and do not reflect official policies or viewpoints of any law enforcement, government, or public service entity, nor is the Doored Up podcast officially affiliated with said agencies. The Doored Up podcast contains mostly true stories told by the law enforcement officers, firefighters, emergency medical services personnel, military veterans, and first responders who lived through them. Some names and details may have been changed to protect the anonymity of persons involved. Realize that some listeners may be familiar with these stories, and we would encourage them to refrain from commenting with any clarifying details that might violate that anonymity. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's episode 18 of the Doored Up Podcast. I think we're at 18. Hang on, let me check. Uh, yep, 18. So, I did something a little different last week, uh, and I have been going out and doing what you would call a road march, ruck march, the last several weeks. Now that the weather's getting nicer, and I decided to take you all along with me while I was out on foot. So that's going to be the name of this new series, is Out on Foot. This one uh, is about my value system that uh, was kind of ingrained in me as a young man in the army that's kind of carried me through into adulthood and law enforcement and uh, it's called leadership or LDR ship and I'll explain all of that so everybody buckle up enjoy the ride and uh, let's go for a walk okay it's currently 417 in the morning on the 27th of April and I am getting my shit together to sneak out of the house and go for a hike this is something that I've been doing a little bit in the last several weeks as a way to make sure I got my flashlight I'm going to need that Uh, something I've been doing in the last several weeks as a way to still keep going and doing cardio of a sort and get out of the house um, without having to run just because I've been having some problems with my knees and this gives me a way to get out of the house and I put on a weight vest and the route that I walk is about four and a quarter miles and it takes me about an hour and 15 minutes. So I got to thinking about it and that's a perfect opportunity for me to fire up my zoom recorder and, uh, record an episode of the podcast while I'm walking, just kind of some stream of consciousness thoughts as I'm walking and, uh, still stay in touch with everybody <clears throat> on the podcast and the things because I've been severely slacking the last several months, and I really do want to apologize to everybody for that again. It's a combination of a lot of things, um, mostly casework, just requirements for me and everything I have to do outside of work. Um, I'm just waiting for my GPS on my watch to fire up, so I'll start walking. But yeah, it's been, uh, shit's been pretty crazy recently. Um, just everything going on. 
family life, springtime's busy, and Easter, um, my wife's birthday, just trying to keep everybody happy at the same time. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about is formative things, right? So each and every one of us goes through periods of time, certain experiences that sort of forge who you are, right? Um, things that you learn, people that you, things that you learn from peop the people you learn them from are things that uh, basically forge who you are as a person and your value system, right? It's kind of my thought and where I'm going with this. So, as you can see, I titled the, uh, I'm going to title the, this episode of the show Leadership, but it's spelled a little differently. And uh, people who are veterans of the United States Army from the 90s, early 2000s, and pretty sure they're still using that system today, will recognize that as the acronym for the army values the seven army values but I want to stress it's not uh, the army values that I'm you know as I portray them as being this thing that made me who I am it's not all that made me who I am uh, obviously I had a pretty strong value system taught to me as a young man prior to me enlisting in the army so I, I definitely don't want to say that this is the only only thing that made me who I am today so yeah we've got some time I wanted to talk a little bit about how the like yes are we talking about leadership absolutely are we talking about LDR ship and the army value system yeah but we're talking about what's your value system I'm gonna get a little uh, I don't want to get all Jocko on you guys <laughs> so the first in in uh, the army values the first one is loyalty so as defined by the army values it's to bear truth faith and allegiance to the United States Constitution the army your unit and other soldiers you guys can probably hear the crickets running pretty good <clears throat> um, so this, bearing true faith and allegiance to the Constitution, the Army, your unit, and other soldiers. So, does that apply outside of the Army? Absolutely. I have said it once, I've said it again, 
I'll say it until the day I die. I am a company man, that's for sure. I'm absolutely loyal to my agency that I work for. Um, they've done more for me. Well, yes. They've got me to the position that I'm at today. I mean, goes without saying I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't work for the agency that I work for. I am loyal to them. They take care of me. They take care of my family. Take care of my friends. Um, but more so, I'm loyal to the people that I work with every day. I'm loyal to the good people of my jurisdiction. You know, because these, these things, are, you know, doesn't apply to my, doesn't apply in an army sense anymore to me, right? Because I'm not in the army anymore. When it did, absolutely, this should all applied. Um, oh, there's some goose shit. That's the downside of walking paths near golf courses. Geese are abound, and they shit everywhere. <laughs> so when I'm out here in the dark, I have to be careful that I'm not stepping in goose shit. Man, I'm kind of flailing around with this one a little bit. Seemed like a better idea at the time. So yeah, loyalty, right? Loyal to the U.S. Constitution. Fucking A. I mean, that's the guiding principle. What's the things that that dictate how we're able to do our jobs, right? U.S. Constitution, case law, policy and procedures. So I have to obviously be loyal to that. Um, and, it, you know, to my unit, loyal to my loyalty to my unit, that means policy and procedure, does it not? Can it be interpreted that way? I think so. Uh, to the people around me, the people on my team, uh, in a SRT conversation, yes, absolutely, loyalty to those dudes. Um, sorry, you're gonna, <laughs> you guys are in for an hour and a half of hearing me huff and puff. I'm wiped out. I'm tired. I've been super physically, physically exhausted recently, um, and it's not because of. I can't say that it's because of physical effort. I haven't been going super hard at the gym. Um, just because I've been fatigued is a good word for it. There's been a lot of mornings recently where the alarm clock goes off. 3.55. Yeah, there ain't no way I'm dragging my fucking ass out of bed. Just because I know that I can get three more hours of sleep almost before I have to get up and start my day. But I've been doing this at least two days a week, no matter what. And it's really helped in that A, I'm getting some phys much needed physical activity. Getting out, getting some exercise. I'd like to say getting some 
sunlight, but that's definitely not the fucking case. I mean, it's pitch black outside. I have to carry, being is that I'm out here this time of day, I'm a little worried sometimes. Some of the areas that the walking path takes me through, I get a little hesitant about it, so I make sure I've got a small off-duty pistol and a flashlight, which just adds to the shit that I have to carry around. So I'm out here in my sweats with my pistole, my weight vest. It's actually a plate carrier. Um, several years ago, my agency bought us all, every deputy, they, I can't remember if they did it on a grant or how it worked, but they bought plate carriers for everybody. And these ones are, I mean, they're pretty bare bones. Um, there's no cummerbund. There's just side straps. Um, and they have like AR-500 steel plates, which aren't great if you're planning on getting shot. However, if you want to go for a walk, wear something fucking heavy. It's about 30 pounds. They're great. So that's what I use it for. I use it for working out. I'll throw it on, go for a hike. Throw it on, occasionally go for a run. Um, when I was doing my training last year for the NTOA, the new NTOA PFQ, this is what I wore every day. Um, and it's super heavy, it's great for it. All right, back on track. So I've made it through I am at uh, about half a mile from the house. I'm walking slow today. I'm not super fired up. Uh, I need to warm up because my knees are angry with me after yesterday's yoga class. So collectively as a group, my good buddy, Sergeant Sean, who's my team commander for SWAT, my training sergeant, he bird dogged and set up basically helped get set up a yoga class that is a uh, like recovery yoga class at a local studio just down the street from our office and me and him and three or four of my partners along with some people from the city detectives that are on the SWAT team with us every Tuesday at noon we go down and go to yoga class for an hour. And I can't tell you how much it's helped. You know, <laughs> the first day that we showed up, there's a handful of us. Um, and my, my partner, Ken, that I work with every day, God bless him. He's a former Marine. And uh, he's a gym guy. He's a gym rat, so he's big you know, swole up, muscly dude. We show up to yoga class and he's in a fucking muscle shirt that says, if I remember right, had like kill them all or some crazy shit written on it. <laughs> Sleeve tattoos, big scary looking dude with tribals and shit. My buddy Jack, my ATL, he's there. Jack's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, big muscly SWAT dude. And uh, there's a couple ladies in this yoga class. 
And they were, needless to say, a little bit surprised about the crew of dudes that came rolling in for recovery yoga that day. But if you're not working on some sort of mobility training, if you're not working on some sort of flexibility training, if you're not getting the benefits of yoga, which is strength, stability, coordination, and that time, that downtime, right? That's what yoga is about to me. It's not about being able to do crazy asamas. It's about mindfulness. And uh, if you're not doing some sort of mindfulness practice and you're a first responder, you are literally just fucking yourself. Um, honestly, that's kind of what changed it all for me. So about five years ago, out of nowhere, I started having panic attacks. I mean, crippling panic attacks, like put me in the emergency room panic attacks. Thinking I'm dying, having a heart attack. Wasn't quite sure what to do about it. And the first thing that, you know, talking with some other people um, was some sort of mindfulness practice. So that's what I started doing. Every night before bed and to help me fall asleep, I do mindfulness practice. And it's just a matter of shutting off everything outside around you, all of the static, right? Your job, your kids, um, the fact that it's the end of April and I haven't put down fucking fertilizer in my grass, um, you know, all the shit that I've got coming up in the next couple of weeks, this summer, I'm, you know, my brother's getting married. He's taking all of that shit and pushing it away, turning it into the way that I look at it is like you have to figure out a way to 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 do it in your own mind. Um, all of these things, the way that I kind of visualize it in my mind, all of these things are like bubbles, right? So they're like. Picture like little soap bubbles, right? And as I'm sitting there trying to push them away out of my mind, they keep coming in. And as soon as they touch me, they just pop. And they're gone. Or I'm able to push them away. You know, just bat them away like they're nothing. So that's mindfulness. Um, that's yoga. Um, the mental benefits of yoga equal the physical benefits of yoga to me it's worth nine dollars a session that i pay for it it's absolutely worth it um if there's anybody that's local that's listening to this and they want to get into these yoga classes with us please let me know i'll get you squared away there are more classes every week than just the tuesday one that's just the one that kind of works out best for everybody on my team <clears throat> so jesus I'm getting out of breath already. I'm not even walking fast. My pace is about 20 minutes right now. I'm fucking moving slow, but I'm moving. 
am up before a lot of people and I'm talking about being productive and mindful and loyal. <laughs> These solo episodes are tough. They're really tough. I mean, I don't want it to be scripted, right? I want to be honest with everybody because not only is this a safe place for my colleagues and other first responders and military veterans to come talk about the shit that's happened to them. It's not just about them, it's about me too. That's why I started this. Um, somebody's loud pickup. Everything sounds super loud because I got my headphones in while I'm recording this so I can hear myself. So, it's tough to do this kind of stream of consciousness episode and uh, not sound like I'm just rambling, but I am. So, let's go back. Let's talk about leadership. We talked about loyalty. That's the first, first letter in LDR ship, right? The old army values. <clears throat> Second, we got duty. What's duty mean to you? So the army definition is fulfill your obligations. Doing your duty means, I'm reading this off my phone, more than carrying out your assigned tasks. Duty means being able to accomplish tasks as part of a team. I absolutely don't disagree with that at all. Our work entails building one assignment into another. You fulfill your obligations as part of your unit every time you reset the temptation to take shortcuts. Um, and that's, I don't necessarily agree with that statement right there. I think that falls more under integrity, right? All right, there's one mile. I'm 20 minutes in, got one mile down. I think we're going to wind up a little over four today. Um, duty to me does mean fulfilling obligations, but it's more than that, right? I've always felt called to our line of work. Um, I've always felt like, I mean, I've talked about that in some of the other solo episodes and things that kind of got me to where I'm at. I've always felt like it's kind of my purpose to do these things and to be the person who serves their country, serves their community. Yeah, to be that person that it's my responsibility to take care of other people, uh, to do the things that people don't want to do. That's my responsibility. That's my job. Um, since I was a kid. Ever since, say, 9-11. Here we are, 21 years later. Um, and it's, it's still, to this day, my duty to be the person that takes care of other people. Thank goodness 
I'm almost done. <laughs> you know, people talk about duty and sacrifice and all that shit. Um, I can guarantee you the people that do this every day, it's their job, it's the way they make their living. It's their calling. I'm doing air quotes, you can't see them. Um, the vast majority of them, it's one day at a time. It's one call at a time. Um, they don't, speaking specifically of what I know of me and my friends, co-workers, we don't like to call ourselves heroes. Um, now in certain instances, does that apply? Fuck yes, it does. Fuck yes, it does. Um, I've done, <laughs> you ask any one of us. Um, when the word hero gets thrown around, what does that mean? That means you did something stupid, right? Um, trying to resolve a situation in a certain manner. Sometimes you don't have all the resources you need. Uh, you make a snap decision. You do some stupid shit and you get lucky and you make it through it. You help or save somebody. What are they going to call you? They're going to call you a hero, right? Now, are there certain instances? Like I said, don't let that, what I'm saying, I'm not trying to take away from people who have done incredibly brave and heroic things. But if you go talk to that person and you ask them, you know, what were you thinking at the time? Were you thinking... I'm going to do something heroic. No. They're just doing whatever they need to do to resolve that situation. And sometimes that means doing something incredibly risky. So, yes, heroes do exist. Um, but the vast majority of first responder heroes, you know, using air quotes again, are just people doing their job every day. And they'll tell you that. I was just doing my job. So kudos to them, to the to the real heroes. Um, you know, just <laughs> maybe I'm calloused. Just putting on a badge every day, showing up to work and doing whatever your assignment is that day. Does not a hero that does not make. I might chap some buttholes with that. So that's duty, right? That's a sense of duty. Um, each and every one of us has it at some level. There's not a lot of people. There's plenty of people. Let me take that back. In my time doing background investigations and hiring people to come to work for my agency, yes, there's a lot of people that like, you know what? I don't have any other options. This is what I'm going to do for... A paycheck. That's a bentonite plant up on the hill. It's super loud this time of morning. Those guys work 24 hours a day, so you guys are gonna have to bear with me for that for a minute. That sense of duty doesn't always exist. Um, so, what can you do as part of whatever agency you're in, whatever unit you're in, to uh, instill a little bit of Esprit de corps, 
in your people, right? Because um, this isn't organizational, you know, paramilitary. We're talking about law enforcement. They'll even talk about fire. You've got a rank structure, right? It's your duty. The lieutenant, sergeant, well, firemen don't have sergeants that I know of. Lieutenant, captain, sergeant, whatever, corporal tells you to do something. I mean, it's a lawful order. What do you got to do? You got to do what they fucking told you to, right? Because that's your duty. It's your job. So duty falls under a pretty broad spectrum, in my opinion. So we're like two out of seven so far. Uh, I'm not quite sure. We should be around 30 minutes on the timer. Had to cut out the part where I was hacking and gagging. <laughs> Life sucks and then you're almost 40, right? You're out here at four o'clock in the morning talking to yourself. Uh, so yeah, so loyalty, duty. Scratch those two off. The next one is a big one to me. Respect. Loyalty, duty, respect. So we made it to R on the LDR ship. Treat people as they should be treated. So I'm reading directly from some army army jargon, right? From, like I said, I don't know if they're still using LDR ship as the army values. I hope they are. I really do. So it says, in the soldier's code, we pledge to, quote, treat others with dignity and respect while expecting others to do the same. End quote. Respect is what allows us to appreciate the best in other people. Respect is trusting that all people have done their jobs and fulfilled their duty. Oh, we just talked about that, right? Self-respect is a vital ingredient in the army value of respect, which results from knowing you have put forth your best effort. The army is one team, and each of us has something to contribute. So you've got respect for others, respect for the world around you, and then you've got self-respect, right? That's pretty important. Especially when you're talking about loyalty and duty, right? Respecting yourself, being true to yourself, and taking care of yourself are all important things, right? I was just talking about that, how I've started taking yoga class and I'm out here rucking my ass off because I don't want to go in the gym. Like, that's where I'm at right now. I'm kind of, I hit this summer stride. I want to be outside doing something. Getting into nicer weather. I don't want to be stuck in the gym. I don't want to be on a treadmill. I want to be doing the same old boring fucking workouts. Been there, done that for a couple years. I'm not seeing results and I'm not enjoying it. Um, mostly because I <laughs> lack nutritional integrity <laughs> that is what it is right so can that be self fall under self-respect too yeah fuck yeah like i'm too lazy to eat well a lot of times it's tough 
uh, it's easier to make excuses and to not do it the right way and to take good care of your body um, and to feed yourself well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that falls under self-respect. And I'll take that. I'll take that hit. Am I kind of a fat, lazy piece of shit sometimes? Yeah, fuck yeah. Do I drink too much? Yeah, you bet. But do I respect myself? That's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I think so. I get a little angry sometimes. Um, the way that I react to dumb shit, right? That's my trigger, is anger. I, I won't, Not my trigger, that's my... Um, that's my reaction a lot of times. And it's not just at home. It's not just at work. It's everywhere. It's little things. So, talking about mindfulness and practices that help you fix what's wrong with you, right? Um... It's deflecting that anger into something else and getting upset over little shit that inconveniences me. Um, any other parent of preteens will tell you repeating myself as a parent is probably a parent and a husband. The thing that will piss me off the fastest when I give instructions on how something needs to be done or when I relay a bit of information <clears throat> and then it's quickly forgotten and I have to repeat myself that makes me angry um, and it shouldn't like people are human I forget shit all the time all the time and I'm sure it pisses other people off I know it pisses my wife off so I have to have that. So here we are back to respect, right? I truly respected people. I truly respected myself. I wouldn't allow those things to upset me and make me lash out with anger because that's stupid. So you guys are getting some deep psychology shit out here. I hope you enjoy it. I'm sure everybody's going to breeze right over this episode. And to be honest, I can't say as I fucking blame you. Um, I'm working on getting some other episodes done here in the next couple weeks. And some better content with guests that uh, have better stories than the ones you've heard repeatedly from me. I don't think that I have told the same stories. But we've been doing this also for over a year now. We're one year in on the Doored Up podcast. And I can't say enough about the people that listen to this and get something out of it. Um, I never thought that I would have stuck with it this long and that people would have gotten what they get out of it. So I truly want to say thank you to everyone who's ever downloaded an episode, people that are regular fans of the show, that tune in to listen to me fucking rant while I'm out on a walk in the middle of, no, middle of the night um, that have told a friend about it 
have shared one of the episodes online. So just on Podbean, we are over 5,000 downloads. Uh, I got a notification about that last week, which I think is pretty fucking cool. That's just on Podbean. So Podbean is about 20% of my listenership. Um, Apple Podcasts is a big one, obviously, because that's where most people get their podcasts. Except for you Android users. You guys are my Podbean folks, and I love you. So, I respect you. Because you prop me up, right? Treat others as you would like to be treated. It's the golden rule. They don't call it that for no reason. I'm down along the river right now, so you guys are going to get some water noise. And down along the highway, too. Um, should be right at two miles. Pretty close. 1.8. Like I said, I'm walking slow because I'm fucking distracted. And I don't want to be huffing and puffing in the mic. Because I did bring an actual microphone out here today. But it's a clip-on mic. It's a concealed carry microphone. <laughs> so yeah, respect. Respect yourself. Respect your colleagues. Respect your line of work. Respect the job. If you don't respect the job, it's going to fuck you up. I promise. doesn't matter what it is. Uh, if you're in the first responder line of business, you better respect it. You better take it serious. These fucking lives are counting on it, right? It's, it's, uh, goes without saying that we truly do play in life and death to a degree, right? So take it serious. Respect it. Respect other people. Um, I've said time and time again, I'm glad that I got to spend my baby cop years working in the jail because I learned respect. Just because people are locked up doesn't mean, I mean, yeah, it might mean that they're a piece of shit and they did something awful. But they're still human beings, right? At the end of the day, no matter what, these people that we deal with, we see them doing these horrible things, doing shitty things, being, I'm doing air quotes again, dirt bags. We talk a lot about that. We joke about it. Um, but at a cellular level, what's one of the best ways to get people to talk to you is to treat them with fucking respect. Treat them like they're human beings. Give them the time, especially you young jail deputies that are listening, you old jail deputies that are listening too. They're living their life in there. So you got to give them an opportunity every once in a while to bitch and moan about it. What do I bitch and moan about? I'm bitching about my kids. I'm bitching about my wife. What are they bitching about? They're bitching about their kids. They're bitching about their wife. Bitching about their mom. Their family. Their problems are no different than yours. They're just locked up. So they're amplified a little bit, right? Because there's anger and frustration. We're talking about that. That's how I react. 
That's how they react too, because they're fucking locked up. And there's not any way that they can do anything to try to change that or fix what's going on at home. So they get super frustrated. Can't say I blame them. It's getting loud. So, that's respect. So the next one, if I'm not mistaken, I'm gonna double check before I say some dumb shit. Selfless service, right? We're onto the S in LDR ship and leadership. Selfless service, put the welfare of the nation, the army, your subordinates before your own. So this is a uh, priority of life. You know, we're sort of back on the hero vein here, right? This says selfless service is larger than just one person. Serving your country, you're doing your duty Loyalty without thought of recognition or gain. The basic building block of selfless service is the commitment of each team member to go a little further, endure a little longer, and look a little closer to see how he or she can add to the effort. Ooh, that's my two-mile mark. <laughs> I'm going fucking slow today. Which is good. Sometimes I need to go slow. So selfless service, right? It, uh, it's that whole sacrifice for the common good to a degree, right? It's, uh, I think, personally, I think this is a redundant one because we've already got duty, right? Selfless service and duty, to me, aren't much different. people that are willing to put their ass on the line for other people whether it's whatever line of business we're in that's that's a, a degree of self-service but I think that that's well worded in talking about go a little further dig a little deeper do a little bit more um so my good friend that came on the last couple episodes, Sergeant Brad, I don't know that he wants me to talk about this, but he's working on a program for incentive-based pay for my agency. And I think it's fucking brilliant. A, because he's taking the time to do it himself. So. Me and Brad, several, well, I mean, a lot of other people in my agency, they go way above and beyond. They wear a lot of hats, right? So me, I've got my primary role, my primary assignment, which is as, as an investigator. My collateral duty of that is, uh, well, not collateral duty. My secondary role is the team leader for the special response team for SWAT. Um, and there's a lot of shit that goes into that. It's not just one thing. Like, I'm the team leader and that's it. No, I'm, I'm working almost daily on putting together training plans, documentation, um, trying to find 
new and interesting tactics and information and case law to challenge my guys um, and find a better way. We're always looking for a better way to do it. Something that's going to make our life easier physically, mentally, cut down the amount of steps that we have to do in something. As far as me, that's, that's what I'm doing as a team leader. And that doubles over, uh, like on an active job. I'm always trying to, it's not shortcuts. It's take care of X, Y, Z. It's like a checklist. This needs done. Here's a big objective, right? Get somebody out of a house when they're barricaded in there. How do we do that? I'm, I'm detouring way off of selfless service. I think that one kind of, I kind of think that one's covered. Um, so it's this checklist that I'm running through, right? So as soon as we hit the ground, we step off the truck, the clock starts. Okay. Um, and there's a, always a period of time, say on a barricade, always every time where we, we work hand in hand with the crisis negotiations team, right? So we both have a common goal. That's to get that person out of the house safely and resolve whatever their problem is, right? Because nine times out of 10, there's some sort of mental crisis um, that led to some violation of law, right? that got them contacted or attempted to be contacted by law enforcement. So it's trying to sort that shit out, right? Like, I, I re really like to get Lisa and some of the other negotiators back in for another episode and have them talk about kind of how they break it down and how they do their job, because it's different than mine, right? We have a common shared goal, but execution is a little different right so i am helping to assist with them to a certain degree for the first steps of say a barricade so we'll show up and we play nice it's roadhouse rules right be nice be nice be nice till it's time to not be nice <laughs> i thought you'd be bigger uh, if you haven't seen roadhouse go fucking watch it um, so we're trying to establish and locate, like we get our perimeter set up. I have several different plans that I have to get put together immediately. And my assistant team leaders and my senior SWAT guys, that's their job, right? As soon as we step off the truck, first thing I say, I need a gas plan. I need an IA plan, which is an immediate action plan. I need an arrest or rescue plan, depending on what's going on. So, arrest or rescue, what does that depend on, right? Are there other people in the house? We've got somebody barricaded and there's other parties present. Are they willing participants? Or are they potentially hostages? And that changes the fucking game immediately, right? So these are all things that we're trying to figure out. 
Um, and a lot of that I pass along to other people. I can delegate some of those tasks. Um, there has been <laughs> at least one recent incident where in my cockiness, I decided to take over work in a gas plan. Several hours later, firing more gas rounds than I've ever seen go into a structure. I regretted that decision. <laughs> and eventually, hopefully soon, we can break that down and talk about that, that, that job. Because it was a bear. It was hands down toughest SWAT job I've ever had since I've been on the team in about 10 years. Um, we ran into a true one percenter that was not fucking around when he said he wasn't going in easy. But that's another story for another day, right? So the next, we're still on leadership, right? LDR ship. It's the selfless service we talked about that. The next one is the H, honor, right? Now, this one, I mean, it's described in here, it says, live up to the army values. The nation's highest military award is the Medal of Honor. Goes on to talk about that. Military honors, you know, if we're talking, man, that's a tough one. Well, it's honor, right? Living up to the army values, that's pretty, or this value system that we're talking about doesn't necessarily have to be the army. Um, it's honoring the people that came before you, right? Like, recognizing the work that they did, the sacrifices they made, everything that came before you, there's that, right? Um, but who else are you, do you need to be thinking about? You need to honor the people that are there right now. Still doing it, right? And do what you can to make sure that you take care of the people that are coming after you, right? That's how I look at it. Uh, and along the way, unfortunately, you're going to lose some folks. You're going to lose folks to attrition. You might lose people in the line of duty. We talked about duty. We talked about heroes. You see me doing my air quotes again. Um, and you might lose people other ways, right? We've talked pretty recently about losing uh, two guys that were friends of mine um, to suicide in talking about military veterans. You know, I did seven years of active service um, and I lost several friends um, because of that, you know, on, on the military side of things. Several people took their own lives. Can't say that it was necessarily a result of their service because I don't know. Um, but people that I knew that I served with, that <sighs> just got really fucking down. My bad. I apologize for that, folks. 
Um, yeah, so do what you can. Honor the legacy of people that came before you, right? What's Like I talked about in Brad's episode, on his intro, you know, we live in the western mountain states. What's, what's cooler? <laughs> well, not everyone's going to agree. Then, you know, trying to embrace the legacy of the quintessential Western lawman. Um, that's one reason why I have the mustache. You know, I don't give a shit if people think it makes me look like a porn star. Or I don't give a shit. I, I, I think it's cool to look up on the wall in my office every day when I walk in. And there's pictures of every sheriff except for one. But there's pictures of all the sheriffs and you go back and you start getting into the, you know, black and white, tin plate sepia tone type photos. And this dude's had badass mustaches. That was something that made a man look like a man. Um, that Western lawman mindset. We talked about mindset too, right? It's a big part of it. So I honor that legacy. You know, a family that was in law enforcement, uh, military service. I honor that. I keep mementos in my office that I'm proud of. I'm proud of the people that I worked with, proud of the people that I served with. So I honor that. It's no different. Obviously, it goes without saying in today's day and age, not everybody loves us. It's always been that way. There's been people that, uh, don't agree with how we do what we do and why we do what we do that's fine you know why because we're still going to be there we're still going to show up still do the work still make that sacrifice because why it's our duty right and we're loyal to that duty so we're talking about values like what are your values as, as I'm talking about this stuff, think about what's important to you and what your value system is and how you can do to make it better or if it sucks, what you can do to change it. Just you have to think about. So that's honor. Um, honor is a matter of carrying out, acting, and living the values of respect, duty, Oh no, I can't read the rest. There's a lot of people that already know what they are. There's two more. There's a lot of people that are listeners that are gonna know what they are, but some people might not. Next one is integrity, right? What's integrity mean to you? To me, integrity means unequivocally, do what's right, even when no one's watching. Period, I mean, fucking period because there can't be any like there can be no wavering in integrity period we owe it to our line of work to be good people we owe it to the people that we have taken an oath to protect and to serve to have that integrity no matter what right it's is it just my opinion? Maybe. I don't know. So to me, integrity is about uh, it's about a sort of debt, right? 
Like, we owe it to people to be the best that we can absolutely be. And I tell people all the time, working my kid cases, like, listen, I can't promise you anything as far as the way that this case is going to shake out. I can't promise the person that did this to your kid or to your family member, to you, is going to get locked up and go to prison for an appropriate sentence based on the severity of what they did, right? I can't promise that. I can't, because that's out of my control to a degree. I'm a very small gear in a big machine as far as the justice system goes. Now, granted, I am like one of the first gears. <laughs> Being in first gear, I have a little bit of torque sometimes. I just set my step goal for the day. I'm walking right at a 19-minute pace right now, so I've sped up a little bit. Um, I tell them that I, because, you know, part of integrity is being honest with people. And it's, I don't have time. I don't waste my time. I try to prioritize what I'm doing, right? So to cut out the bullshit, I found that it works a lot better to just be brutally honest with people. So I will sit them down. Normally it's parents of victims, parents of child victims. And I'll have this conversation with them while we're talking about. And normally it's after their child has made a disclosure during a forensic interview. So I'll sit down with them and I'll be like, look, I cannot promise you that you know, Grandpa Touchy is going to get locked up and go to prison. I can't guarantee you when it's going to happen. I can't promise you anything. But what I do promise them each and every time is that I, I will do everything I can to make sure that that happens. And I mean that. I'm not in the administration of justice business. I've said this a million times. I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing it. I'm in the business of holding people accountable for their actions, right? So I do what I can to support that and make sure that I'm not lying to people. Sometimes it takes me a long fucking time because the wheels of justice turn slow. (laughs) Um, But I try to make good on that. If I tell them, if you tell somebody you're gonna do something, you better do it in our line of work. Um, And that's all the way from, you know, brand new jail deputy that just started walking the floor out there. Somebody asked you for something. One of these inmates, they ask you for toilet paper. They ask you to ask somebody about something for them. They ask for, well, they don't use them anymore, but used to be, they ask for a request form, and it's a time that they're able to ask for it. You're able to give it to them and say, you don't have it. And you say, yeah, man, I'll catch up with you. I'll get it to you. And you don't do it. Oh, man. You're losing respect, right? We talked about respect. We talked about duty. We're talking now about integrity. 
something small like that when you're dealing in the inmate slash convict world not so significant in the inmate world but when you're dealing with real convicts that's a big fucking deal um, and it transfers I'm going uphill right now so I'm going to be huffing and puffing it transfers over in magnitude and amplitude all the way up to what I do and I'm talking with these parents of child victims and stalking victims I recently had something where I told some stalking victims I was going to be at a certain place in time for something to support them and I wasn't there because it happened quickly that's three miles um, the conversation about it and I didn't put it in my calendar and anymore I'm such a busy guy I have so much shit going on that if I don't put it in my calendar to remember it, make sure that I'm going to show up there on time, then I'm going to forget. And that's exactly what happened. Um, And I feel like a big hairy piece of shit because of that. You know why? Because I told them I'd do it. And I've damaged my own credibility and I've damaged my own perception of integrity now, right? And my sense of duty and loyalty to what I do and the people that I'm serving and trying to protect and help says that I need to make good on that. And I haven't done that yet because I'm... <laughs> it stings a little bit, right? Um, I think integrity I made it to the top of the hill Um, integrity to me means honesty as well I was talking about respect earlier Um, I think it's important to be honest with ourselves it's important to be honest with other people if you're struggling in what you're doing and you're just not you don't feel like you're contributing anymore and you just I'm struggling to put this into words. Um, So like right now, um, you guys have heard me for several months talking about this homicide case that I've been working on. Someday I want to tell you the story about it because that's a good fucking case. Um, But I've been very honest with my coworkers and my people on my team and others recently that I'm getting a little snowblind with it in that... uh, I've looked at it so many times, trying to find what's missing, um, and I'm, it's like staring at one of those 3D pictures, right? You guys have seen mall rats. The guy that just sits there and fucking stares at this 3D picture, stares at it, stares at it for days. Like he packs a fucking lunch and comes there ready to stand there all day looking at this picture, hoping to see a fucking sailboat. Um, And somebody else walks by after he's been standing there all day and like, oh, look, a sailboat. (laughs) And he loses his fucking mind, right? That's kind of where I'm at with that case. Uh, In that I'm not seeing the forest for the trees. 
uh, or I'm not, you know, I'm at a 10,000 foot view and I'm not looking at it the way that I need to. And, but I'm being honest with my, I'm being honest with the prosecutor about it. I'm being honest with my team about it. Like, listen, I'm fucking struggling with this case right now. And I think that that, you know, I don't, I would like to think that my integrity is unquestionable. I can't say that positive, but I try to always do what's right. I think a big part of that is being honest about the little things, right? Because if you are dishonest and you are not truthful about the little things, even if it's just we're talking being truthful with yourself, then maybe you're not going to be honest with yourself about uh, the big things. But integrity, you know, talking about law enforcement. Um, nobody hates dirty cops more than, the, than good cops. And the ratio of good cops to bad cops is, you know, 99.999 to 1 to 0.0001, however you want to put that. Um, who gets the most press though, right? There goes one of the city guys. Um, I've worked with some, some people, you know, do the job long enough. Sooner or later, you're going to run into somebody that does shit that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Um, I've worked with some people that did questionable shit. Um, so talking about integrity, right? What do you do? You see them doing this, you're, you're interacting and working with them on a daily basis. And they're using questionable tactics. They're on the verge of violating someone's rights and the way that they do their job. And <clears throat> what business are we in, right? We just talk about it. I'm in the holding people accountable business. What's the best way to fuck that up? Do something you're not supposed to do the way you're not supposed to do it. Um, and therefore, losing parts of your case, right? It's like having a table and then all of a sudden deciding to kick one of the fucking legs out from under it. It's just fucking stupid. What's the point of getting into this line of work if you're not going to do it the right way to make sure that it gets done? I don't fucking understand it. So what do you do? Integrity, loyalty, duty, respect, but mostly integrity, say you tell somebody about it. it doesn't have to be somebody in your chain of command. Make it known. Um, I mean, we wouldn't have... We wouldn't have to talk about it like this if people weren't fucking doing it, right? This shit happens every day. It's small things, usually. Um, I mean, I've never seen anybody 
take money. I've never seen anybody take evidence, dope, or tamper with evidence. I know that I haven't seen that. Um, because even the people that I've worked with that were doing this, you know, sort of questionable shit, they weren't on that level of taking money or evidence. They still had some integrity. But do what's right, even when nobody's watching, right? We owe it to to the people that came before us. You know, we're talking about honor again. The people that came before us, people that are still doing it right now, and whoever's next. Because that's kind of what, uh, Jesus, I can't imagine what policing is going to be like in 20 years. The amount of case law and shit that's coming out. You know, week, monthly. That changes. And it's small changes, right? But it changes the landscape of how we're able to do our jobs. What we're able to do to catch bad guys. Because that's what we all want, right? And we have to play by the rules because that's integrity. And we have to have that to maintain public trust. If there's no public trust then there's no rule of law to a degree, right? So it all, it's like one thing connects to the next, connects, God, Jesus, (laughs) connects to the next thing. Uh, There's a bunny rabbit, bunny rabbit. I should bring my fucking dogs out here, get them some exercise. Fat little old senior rat dogs. Um, yeah. It all connects together. It's all interwoven. Integrity and public trust and rule of law. And without that, then we're, you know, Mexico. (laughs) That was fucked. Okay. So the last one. I'm rounding the corner. Uh, I've got about another three quarters of a mile to get back to the house. Personal courage. We're onto the P in leadership. Personal courage. Face fear, danger, or adversity, physical or moral. Personal courage has long been, let's see, this is still army value shit. With physical courage, it's a matter of enduring physical duress and at times risking personal safety. Facing moral fear or adversity may be a long, slow process of continuing forward on the right path, especially if taking these actions is not popular with others. You can build your personal courage by daily standing up for and acting upon the things that you know are honorable. So it's all connected, right? Values and honor systems, honor and value systems, personal courage, like we talked earlier. Um, about heroes and talking with people who have done remarkable, incredible, crazy shit to save another life that get the hero banner, you know, draped on their shoulders after they do these things are just normal people. Just like me and you. uh, Driven by duty to do their job and to protect people and do the right thing with integrity 
they get placed in dangerous situations and make a split-second call to put themselves between danger and another person's life. And I can't say thank you enough to everyone who's ever done something risky (laughs) to save somebody else and make sure that they're going to be okay. Um, I've seen it countless times in my friends and colleagues. I've done some shit that was like, oh boy, I'm glad that worked out afterward, you know. Uh, I would like to say that we hear those stories more than other stories about people fucking up and not doing their job the right way due to lack of training or supervision. Um, The stories are out there. You got to dig a little harder sometimes to find them. But personal courage is a daily thing. Like it said, you stand up every day, you know, clipping on my badge and my gun to go continue to try to catch the worst of the worst bad guys. In my opinion, people that abuse children are the worst because they're taking advantage of something so vulnerable. Um, So having that, you know, call it personal courage, call it commitment um, to still show up every day and try to do that the right way. It all connects together, right? Um, I, I commend anyone in today's day and age that still shows up every day and does their job. Oh, guys that fucking firefighters. I talk about this all the time. You guys are fucking crazy and I love you. Um, I've ran into a couple buildings, structures that were on fire. <laughs> and that shit is no fun to do that have that be just your job every day that's some hardcore shit you guys got some big hairy huevos that takes a lot of personal courage to be like you know what I'm going to make myself available to do this for 20 years you know I joke all the time that about the hero moniker but fire guys are probably the closest just bad motherfuckers like I I can't say enough good about them that uh, yeah that's pretty crazy there's some dude in a car parked over here he's been here the last three or four days parked in the bushes doing creepy bush car guy shit (laughs) but I don't care He's in the city. He's a PD's problem right now. I think he's sleeping in his car. He's probably homeless. Um, so yeah, that kind of ties up the army values, right? Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. Um, those are the army values, but those are my values. 
because those are what got drilled into me as a young man um, that still still apply in everything that I do today many years many 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 years later about 20 years later those things are important to me that's my honor system um, what's yours so think about that so along with that being is that this is about you know the title of this will be LDR ship leadership let's talk about leadership for a minute no matter what you've done in life you have encountered a leader right there's been somebody that has guided you along the way at some point whether it was school whether it was one of your parents friend of the family some sort of guide someone that has showed you how to do something at some point whether it's through your job or however even if it's you know um, some sort of public figure whether it's a celebrity um, that you know is <laughs> I have to tread carefully with that um, why are people admired you know if if it's somebody that does good things for other people then I think that they're worth you know idolizing and trying to use them as a leader um, but what's leadership right like having a natural ability to organize people to accomplish a task right in my mind that's a that's a very blanket statement but there's so much more that goes into it than that leadership's about trust to me being in a leadership role now of supervising you know six seven dudes um, when it's just my team when it's the whole team and I'm the one in charge I've got up to 25 people that um, I'm responsible for as far as liability right so I need to trust them they need to trust me right that I'm gonna make the right decisions at the right time or at least think about it <laughs> and I need to trust them implicitly in that they're gonna do their job the way that it needs to be done at the time that those things need to happen because you know I'm speaking specifically about SWAT operations at this point because that's my that's my current leadership role um, in my other duties I don't I'm not a leader in those duties and I have bosses that luckily saddle the responsibility of making all those fucking decisions but it's important that there's that trust there has to be that trust operationally because if I am nitpicking every single little thing that's going on it's not efficient there's no flow to it um, 
we're just getting in each other's way at that point and I'm not a good leader. We have had those team leaders before. Um, sometimes, you know, what's a, what's a, one of the most important characters of a good leader? Like, they're approachable, right? People can talk to them, um, come to them with their problems, and they need to feel, people need to feel comfortable, like, questioning you as a leader, I think, in my opinion. Like, if I'm shouting orders at my dudes, and they didn't have a better idea, weren't willing to be able to come to me with a better idea, and I think that makes you a shit leader. Um, there's four miles. I've slowed way down because I'm about a block from the house, so I'm going to circle around a little bit because I'm talking to myself. I'm not done talking. Um, we're at an hour 21. I have done plenty of rambling today. Um, there has to be back and forth with, with your leadership. has to be open lines of communication, no matter what it is, right? But specifically talking about the first responder world, there has to be an open line of communication between you and your leaders. Um, if you don't have that, call me. <laughs> We're hiring. Um, seriously, though, that's the first step. Like, if you can't walk into your chief or sheriff's office and sit down and have a conversation with them. Now, granted, a conversation might not go your way. Is your idea, whatever it might be, or your gripe, moan, bitch, complaint, they might not give a shit. Um, let's just be honest about it. But you need to have the ability to go sit down and talk with them. I think it's more important to talk about toxic leadership than good leadership. What not to be as far as a leader. Toxic leaders, in my opinion, say things like, we, 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 we did this, we did that. Or my, we or my, anything that shows uh, ownership of an organization. Um, I've never once heard my sheriff, my current sheriff say, my deputies, my deputies. Um, because that's not the right way to address it, right? That's the people's deputies. Um, I know when I talk about, like, when I'm talking with my team, I say we, you know, just speaking organizationally. But when I'm talking to my guys, um, it's you guys. Because I wouldn't be a leader without a team. 
right? In theory. So putting a good leader puts his people on a pedestal. And a good leader's at the bottom of that. You know, you look at an organizational flow chart, the chief, the sheriff, the boss, whatever, the president is always on the top. I think that's backwards, personally. I think they should be at the bottom because they need to hold everybody else up, not the other way around. Um, and they just happen to be, a lot of times, the face of that organization, you know, because of whatever, it might be they're elected or appointed in that position. Um, so being a good leader is not taking ownership of any of that. But yeah, I would think that uh, it's more important to talk about what kind of leader not to be. Because if you're, if you fall inside those guidelines, <laughs> then you're, you're going to be doing okay. Your people will respect you. They will feel duty driven um, to follow, to follow you because real leaders lead from the front, not from the back. Getting people to follow you as a leader is more important than ordering them. That's my little two cents on leadership. Um, I circled the block. I'm about one block from the house right now. So I'm going to start closing it down. But um, yeah, be a good leader. Don't be, don't be toxic, the toxic Avenger. You know, don't be vindictive. Make good choices that support your people because they come first, no matter what, as a leader. Um, and it comes back to selfless service, you know, honor. My job as a team leader is to take care of my team. Make sure that they're okay mentally. I mean, after we have shit go on, I always check in individually with everybody on my team. You know, I know it's that, that blanket like, hey, I'm there if you need me. Um, and vice versa. I would hope that no matter what, like even though I'm in a leadership position, gripes and complaints don't go down generally. Um, but support can come in many forms, right? And I trust the guys on my, on my team more than anybody else in so many different ways because I have to. I have to have that trust with them. They have to have that trust with me. I can go to them with anything and know that somebody's going to do something to try to help me. And vice versa. Like even if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, I hope those guys know no matter what, they can call me if they have a problem. If they have a question, hopefully that shit can wait till day <laughs> daytime hours. So, what is your honor system? What's your value system? What's important to you? And what, uh, what dictates, you know, we've got, 
the Constitution case law on policy and procedure. I see you. Yes, you're barking at me. So those are the things that dictate legally how we do our job. Hey, you're okay. You're loud. But what dictates how you operate? I see you. I know. You're scary. Um, what dictates you morally, ethically? You know, because every, I guarantee you, every one of your organizations has a code of ethics that talks specifically about honor, integrity, and, you know, loyalty to the public that you serve. So what's, uh, what's important to you? What's your honor system? Food for thought. Thanks for going for a walk with me, guys. I sure, sure do appreciate all of you um, listening to me. So hopefully the next time um, we'll have some real-life guests, people other than me just ranting. So everybody have a good morning. Sun's out. 4.37 miles, an hour and 29 minutes. Thanks, folks. All right. Thanks for coming along, folks. That was episode 18. I'm calling out on in the new Out on Foot series. That one's called LDR Ship, Leadership. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'd like to get some feedback on this new plan for doing some more episodes like this. And maybe actually having some other people join me if they're willing to get up at ass crack early in the morning. So... That being said, thank you all for coming. I love and appreciate each and every one of you, and thank you so much for your support. Our intro music is Wonder by Hazy, and our other intro song is In the Land of Rhinoplasty by the Jingle Punks. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Doored Up Podcast. You can find us there. Make sure to send us a comment if uh, you're interested in being on the show. So, love you guys. Catch you on the next one. Stay safe. Stay frosty.